Lord, please speak to all of us now. Open your written word to us that we might glimpse something more of your glory and respond. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just before we start, um, in the uh, original Greek, my commentator tells me, these verses are all one sentence. We know, don't we, that, that the chapter and verses were all sort of devised in the 14th century to make it a bit easier to find passages so we wouldn't have to do uh, what Jesus did at the uh, synagogue in Nazareth uh, and find the place in the prophet Isaiah from memory uh, in order to be able to read it aloud to everybody else. But this is, before I read it, this is what my commentary says that this passage is about. It says, this is one long, elegant sentence showing that the triune God, the Trinity, initiated and accomplished cosmic reconciliation and redemption for the praise of his glory. So I'll read it. Um, I have NIV, which starts praise be. ESV starts blessed be. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him, before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the, the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For the praise of his glory. So God's purpose goes beyond blessing in verse 6 or redemption, forgiveness in verse 7, wisdom and insight in verse 8, inheritance in verse 11, hope in verse 12, salvation in verse 13, to reveal the mystery of his will in verse 9. The purpose of God, the Trinity, set forth in Christ before the foundation 
of the universe to unite all things in him. One sentence starting with God the Father and the Son and concluding with the Holy Spirit. That we might be holy, set apart and blameless. Verse 4. Similar words to the words used about Jesus in Hebrews 7 as the great high priest and his glory. And, and adopted as sons in verse 5. God's plan from before creation to unite people in himself, reconcile to him and to each other, despite what we've been, where we've been, what we've done, what we've thought, what we haven't done, and what we haven't thought. And to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. This is pretty splendid. And why? Well, it seems it's not just because he loves us. What an inadequate word that seems to be. But it's so that he will make known to us the mystery of his will, his character, his nature, to the praise of his glorious grace, in verse 6, and to the praise of his glory, in verses 12 and 14, three times in one sentence. That seems to be the purpose. Maybe the description of the church's task or duty or, or gift to, to uh, know God and enjoy him forever, maybe the enjoying should have a bit more praise in our thought. Praise is not transferring something from us to God. How could you possibly increase the sum of God's glory? It must be more to do with acknowledging, ascribing, attributing, acclaiming. Uh, the glory of God to God. And for us to understand it, it needs to be revealed to us. This is the glory that Moses asked to see in Exodus 33, but he wasn't allowed. He could only see the back of God's glory that Isaiah saw in chapter 6 in, I think, a vision. Uh, Ezekiel saw in chapter 1, which he described as visions of the appearance of the likeness of the glory of God. The same glory that forced the priests out of the holy place when the temple was dedicated in 1 Kings 8, and the glory veiled in Jesus' earthly ministry. He is described as the radiance of God's glory in, in Hebrews 1, but this is the, the glory that Jesus asked to be restored to him when he prayed in John 16. Now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. And that he asked that his followers could see and that John in chapter one of his gospel said that his followers had seen. We beheld his glory full of grace and truth. It was veiled in his earthly ministry, but revealed in part in his mastery over matter and the elements and the miracles 
I nicked that from Lucy Pepier. Um, and over sin and over death and over demons, in forgiving and healing, in his insight when he knew exactly what the Pharisees were trying to do in the way of traps, in his wisdom in turning those traps into teaching and even turning betrayal into the fulfillment of the plan of God the Holy Trinity from before the foundation of the earth. God reconciling us to himself and the world to himself, 2 Corinthians 18. The whole creation groaning, waiting to be liberated from its bondage to decay into the glorious liberty of the children of God in Romans 8. And it's all in Christ, 11 times in this passage, more if you include some of the other prepositions. But until this comes about in Revelation 21, the new heaven and the new earth and the dwelling of God with man forever, Jesus upholds everything by the word of his power and the Holy Spirit guarantees this until we take possession of it. Verse 14, at the adoption of sons. And it's all to the praise of his glory, the glory of the Trinity, one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's Paul's great joy and his task, and the joy and task of the whole church militant, to share the inheritance that he has grasped in verse 11, when he says we, and then talks of you in verse 13, he's seeking the same for those to whom he writes and those who read, even read now, today, in this century, his inspired words. May that task and joy be ours too, for the praise of his glory. Mm -hmm.